Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Mapping the College Audition, a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting audition process. I'm your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA, Musical Theater College Auditions. And today we have a jacked, but for yourself, not the aesthetics of it, show lined up for you. Uh, (laughs) Sam Light is a friend of our intrepid producer, Megan, and newer to me personally. Yes, I went to school with Sam at Baldwin Wallace University, and he was a year ahead of me at school. And I'm so excited to have him on the podcast today and share his wonderful heart and soul with the rest of our listeners. And still a year ahead of you in life, I would assume. Oh, I guess so. You know, I feel like once we get older, like time is just like oblivion. Right. It's like (laughs) Joey on Friends when he's like, if I'm 20 and she's 40, when I'm 40, she's going to be 80. Right. It's just like... (laughs) Anyway, that's an old reference. Well, God, I'm such a millennial in this episode specifically. But I do know that Um, reference. I do know Friends references. But all you young listeners out there, get ready for some references that will go right over your head. (laughs) Yes, we we certainly talk a lot about um, our generational gaps uh, with me and Sam. But uh, we're also really excited to have him on because of his insight into the fitness slash physical wellness world. So um, both will talk a lot about that. And and I'm also, I'm excited about Sam's youth. Um, We're trying to have diversity in every sense of the word on the pod. And I just, I'm conscious that more of our successful guests have been in their late 30s, 40s, some of them in their 50s, where a lot of our listeners are maybe in their teens and young 20s or the parents of a teen and young 20 year old. So I'm just going to say we're going to commit to having more young people on the pod, along with, of course, uh, older voices, just to share all the perspectives. So I hope you'll hear some of these things a little differently coming from someone who's only a few years out of school, a little closer to uh, your experience, depending who you are listening to this pod, um, that might be helpful to you. Uh, Today on the pod, we get into Sam's process, Sam's college process, and his five schools that he auditioned for. Thank God five was better than two, but still we're trying to get it up a little bit. Um, We talk about his path, uh, the idea of was he ready for school at 18 or ready for this kind of conservatory education. We talk about the pressure to be perfect. We talk about being motivated to learn by your own passions versus the obligation to learn. Um, we talk about the idea of what it is to be behind the table and understanding some of the finances of arts administration um, and how that enhances your love for performing. We talk a lot about Sam's fitness business um, and trying to find that workout so for your own health to, to sort of amplify your own health. Um, we talk about maybe if you haven't been doing it, moving slowly as you begin fitness. Um, and Sam recommends some group fitness classes. And then we talk about the idea of Gen Z and how they're able to accept change, maybe a little bit more than we old folks do. But before we get to that, Megan, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, Charlie. How are you celebrating this holiday? So I'm surrounded by all my family in New Jersey at the moment in the present, past, future type of situation we're doing. (laughs) Yes, our favorites. (laughs) Um, 
our family normally does like a fake Christmas, a belated Christmas, because mm-hmm. um, my um, brother now has children. So they do the whole Christmas at home, Santa's gifts opening. So we do that uh, as a whole family belatedly, but mm-hmm. it's normally me and my sisters on Christmas morning with my parents, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. I used to be like such a brat about it being like, everyone else had a Christmas, like a true Christmas until they were this year's old. Like I'm a lot younger than all my siblings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I used to make them feel very guilty about it. But now I'm a lot more considerate with their own children. Very mature now. She's very mature now. Very well. mature at 26, you know, at 15, not so much. <laughs> And what about you, Charlie? What are you doing this year for Christmas, New Year's celebrations? Very similar. I am your brother in this scenario where with a baby, like having a child makes you like an instant celebrity in your family. So like everyone just like they want they want to bite of that chunky Christmas thigh. You know, they just want it. Um, But we're definitely doing some traveling. We're going to Illinois with Elizabeth's family. So anyone who's coming into New York City this week to see Elizabeth and Jagged Little Pill. Sorry, she's taking the week off. Um, We're going to Illinois and then we're going to Maryland to be with my dad's family, which, and they're all doing that, Megan. They're all doing the, like, we'll just celebrate Christmas on the 27th, um, mm-hmm. which is very common for our family. We often do a lot of that switching. Um, but I am resolving, Megan, to rest during this holiday season as much as possible. So it's something I try to do during these, like, especially this week or these two weeks um, as we really hit the Christmas and New Year um, period. But I do feel like this year more than ever, a little bit of that rest, reprieve, relighting of the candle is needed and so i wish it to you and to all of our listeners also to relight your holiday fires whatever holidays you're celebrating i hope you can find some some rest during this time it's been a crazy two years you know it is and listeners i think charlie is really telling me to clear his schedule for those two weeks and it's a reminder (laughs) to me as an assistant to don't schedule anything so noted but yes i totally agree it's just what what if i just only give you passive aggressive notes through the podcast (laughs) only live through the podcast i'm gonna try to tell you things i don't think that would be a productive work relationship but we could try i don't disagree (laughs) um we also um wanted to tell our listeners about Next week, we're going to try to do a fun year in review episode where Megan is going to challenge me to a game based on the whole year of episodes and how much I remember about them. And then I'm going to take Megan to uh, the college flashback round oh challenge God. and see if she can beat Sarah for the 14th. Sarah and now Josh, I think, are tied, right? Yeah. Um, but we'll also try to put that together some fun clips. If you're a listener who's just joined us a little more recently to kind of catch back up on on just some fun clips. It won't be anything too uh, um, deep or anything, but just to catch you up on some of this past year of episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into Sam and this fun episode. Well, we are so excited to have Sam Light on the pod today. Uh, Sam has a BM in music theater from the Baldwin Wallace University, uh, Megan's alma mater as well. Uh, We're really thrilled to have Sam on because he is our youngest guest to date. So, of course, still very early in his career. To me, he looks like he's like 13. But theoretically, he's a few years out of school. He's already into his career. And already, look what he's done. He's already been in the Broadway and the national tour of The Lightning Thief. He's done regional theater at places like Argyle Theater, Timberlake Playhouse, Playhouse Square, Great Lakes Theater. He was just in a film called Last Fairy. Uh, Sam also has worked behind the table um, as a production assistant on Miss Saigon and The Lion King on Broadway. He's been an assistant director at a Gunquit Playhouse, uh, and he is principally here because he is the founder and CEO of Pride Fit, which is like an online fitness 
thing that we'll get into. I'm not going to, I'll let Sam talk about it. And he's also the creator of Pod Workouts. Um, so a fellow podcast host. Sam, I'm so excited to chat with you today. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. How are you? I, I'm doing great. I'm not nearly as glowing as I'm seeing this like beautiful, young, glowing skin. I feel like the, a vampire that wants to like suck it out of you. I'm like, how did that happen? It was a day. I think Charlie still views us as like 17 because that's when he met me. But you don't understand is Megan, I've kept getting older like this whole time. <laughs> while, like I was your age when you were that age, but now I'm just like keep getting old. Charlie recently referred to me as his young assistant. I was like, oh my God, does 26 still qualify as young? Yes, it's young. All the yes. parents right now are yes. listening going, does 26 count as young? Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, exactly. As I'm getting closer and closer to 30. Oh, but I need what to that? have a, a quick caveat. I am doing Uh-oh. very well, but I did have my booster shot yesterday, so it's been a bit of just like a, it's been a bit of a sleepy morning. I'm kind of like oh, a little man. out of it. If this is oh, you no. looking sleepy, then I don't like it. Oh, I don't like it. Nice. Um, speaking of age, though, let's transport ourselves back a little bit. And again, this is maybe my favorite part about having a younger guest on the show. I've been asking this question of all of our guests who are in their late 30s, in their 40s, some of them in their 50s, about their college process. And like literally all of them, like they're like, I read a brochure and then I mailed in a VHS and I applied to two schools. So I'm hoping, Sam, and don't disappoint me here, I'm hoping that you've done a little bit more of a similar process to what some of our students and or some of our college aged and right out of college um, experience have had. So with that caveat, take me back a little bit. I'd love to talk even before you did the applications to when you were 16, 17, and you're starting to think about the college process. What were you kind of looking for in a school? What, what were you hoping to get out of a music theater education or, or whatever education you were looking for? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, to this day, I think that we ask so much of 16, 17 year olds to say like, oh, you know already that you want to do music theater. That's <laughs> wild to me because mm-hmm. I did Les Mis in high school and I that was really what like gave me the bug, right? Who'd you play? I was Marius. Me too, baby. Me too. Year. God, yes. Is- the Marius Club. Uh, But until like my first semester of senior year, I was sure that I was going to be a doctor. That was very much my path. Uh, And kind of on a whim, my mom and I started looking at music theater schools. I will say there wasn't nearly as much information about music theater schools as there is now, you know, with Mm -hmm. YouTube and people having social media presences, uh, different programs having social media presences. Mm -hmm. It is a different ball game, right? But uh, the forums were huge. Forums meaning like online forums, like yes. College Confidential yeah. or whatever. Exactly. For yeah. sure. You're bringing me back. This was a huge part of this, you know, 10 yeah. years ago. And there was some drama on there, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, people, like, moms like waiting outside of the rooms and then being like, well, they told my child in the room that she was getting in. And, <laughs> and just like, it was so dramatic. And then, you know, hearing when people were getting their letters in the mail and everything like that, it was... That was like, a, I have a very visceral reaction to that. But mm-hmm. I, being from the Midwest, because I'm from Wisconsin, I definitely didn't have a lot. I, I didn't have anyone who was doing mm-hmm. this process near me. Uh, like, I would say like in our school, six or seven high school district, whatever, I didn't know anyone who was doing the college audition process. So it wasn't like we were driving to these auditions together or anything. We were very much flying by the seat of our pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I decided that I was going to audition for, 
I think five schools. Oh, Sam, you di- don't disappoint me. I was thought I thought we'd get double digits for the first time, for the love of God. Because most of our students do like 15, 20 schools. At this point, that's much more normal. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. need five total schools. Okay, that's better than two. Some people say two. <laughs> well, again, I didn't have information here. I mm-hmm. very much was in kind of like this uh, annoying mindset of like, well, if I can't get into the best schools, I shouldn't be doing this at all, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Uh, so I kind of... I think that it was not only easier for my parents to swallow five schools, you know, uh-huh. because we ended up going to most of them. I only went to Unifieds for one audition and that audition, I only auditioned for one school at Unified. Uh-huh. So you're like, so that's um, basically just an on-campus one, not on campus. It was just an on-campus that we didn't have to drive quite as far. You turned it into a single campus. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you don't mind revealing, what were the five schools? What, what did you look at? Yes. Yeah, so I applied to Baldwin Wallace, Elon, Northwestern, Umich, and Carnegie. Love it. Love it. And so definitely focus mostly on a music theater education, especially maybe a conservatory style music theater education. That sounds great. Uh, Do you remember, just for the listeners, do you remember what material you performed in your college editions? You know, this is uh, something I think about more than I should. Oh, please. (laughs) Well, I did Carnegie in Michigan first, Uh and I did... Younger Than Springtime, and Let Me Walk Among You from Bat Boy. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, it was a big mistake. It, <laughs> um, Let Me Walk Among You was good because that was weird and like, you know, just like interesting and whatever. It, it, mm-hmm. I had like a lot of fun with it. I was trying to be someone else for Younger Than Springtime, and that uh-huh. was stupid. Uh-huh. Um, and so after I finished my Carnegie audition and I just like, wasn't super happy with it. It was fine, but I wasn't super happy with it. I remember being like, I need to make a switch. So Mm. I switched younger than springtime with the first like 16 bars of live and living color from uh, catch me if you can Mm -hmm. is a game changer. Just Mm. like in terms of like walking into a room and owning my time there and like kind of having like the most confidence in the world um, Mm -hmm. that was the game changer. And I wish that I just didn't give any expletives about uh, (laughs) the whole requirement of like, give me a golden age and give me this. Well, certainly if you'd worked with MTCA, that's why you would have had more than five schools. So you could have figured that out at some auditions before you were knocking out those schools that you were so excited about. Um, But of course it all worked out. You ended up at a fantastic music theater program. Yeah. um, yeah. Going to Baldwin Wallace. Just tell me a little bit about what the experience was. So you're you're there, you're spending four years. What did it feel like for you? Yes. Um, I wasn't ready to go to college for music theater. You know, I was very much a late bloomer. I was really skinny and I thought I had to look a certain way to be like this leading man type. Uh, My voice wasn't what it was in high school for my entire college experience. Mm -hmm. So just like a lot of being down on myself and working so hard and not getting the results that I wanted to see. I also wasn't interested in the craft of acting didn't care. Hmm. Like, I was like, I want to sing pretty. Sing pretty, be on stage. Yeah. yeah. And I like, I, I wasn't interested in like that process at all. And yet it was kind of being like shoved down our throats, which makes sense. We were going to school for it. Right. But uh, I wasn't ready for that. And I wish so badly that I would have allowed myself to kind of see that and be like, this just isn't the right time for me. It's uh-huh. not that I shouldn't be doing this. It's just that like, I need to, I want to like, learn about other things for a bit 
and then I can come back to this, you know? I was just going to ask that. Is it, was it more about the specialty of the focus or just where you were physically and mentally at the time? Was it, was it, you feel like if you'd gotten to a non-conservatory that would have felt better for you? Or was it like, I should come back 10 years from now? I think it was like actually the time. I think that mm-hmm. if I would have gone to college at 22, mm-hmm. it would have been a an absolutely different magical experience. And maybe that's too idealistic. But when I moved to the city, that's when my voice started doing exactly what I needed it to do. Uh-huh. That's when I started being interested in, you know, what is acting and how can we uh, make art, you know, it, rather than just look at me sing pretty on a stage, you know, but I was told forever that there is a path and I should follow that path. And that if I wanted to kind of make my own path, I, I wouldn't be successful. And that was, Oh was God, well, we don't like so. hearing that. On, we create our own maps on map in the college edition. Um, we we but, create our own maps. <laughs> but certainly it, it is such an interesting thing of like, because the American collegiate system often sends people off to college, 18, 19, 20, 21, we sort of just assume like that's the time you have to do it. And of course, the same way any other sport, like some people join the NBA at 18, some at 23, like depending yeah. when your body blooms, depending when you feel like you're ready to actually do it mentally and physically, you know, it is, it can be tough if you're, if you're not quite in that place at 18. Sometimes you just need another year, another two years to, to be really ready to, to be doing it. Yes. Um, okay, well, let's get a little bit into some, we're going to break away from the training part of it and talk a little bit about the college experience in our college flashback round. So I'm going to try to see how much you remember from your college experience. Okay. Very few of these questions are going to be incredibly theater related. Record so far is 14. We had somebody who got a question every five seconds. Oh I don't know if we're going <laughs> to hit that record. That may not be okay. untouchable, but we'll see what we can do. And I know if Sam's being truthful, because this is the first guest that I was there <laughs> the in college for. <laughs> All right. Ready, set, go. Favorite show you did in school? Carousel. Ever have a crush on a professor? No. Worst fashion choice in school? Long hair. Most consecutive hours awake? Nope. Like 12. 12 hours awake? <laughs> My God. Okay, goodbye. Ever possess a fake ID? No. Um, ever uh, cheat on a test? Yes. <laughs> Um, part you played in college that you want to go back and play again? Will Bloom in Big Fish. School cafeteria food you secretly kind of miss? Omelets. Did you vote in college? Yes. It was the 2016 election. It was important. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got be in. <laughs> what was on Broadway then that you were dying to be in? Oh. Natasha Pierre. Do you remember your school mascot? The yellow jacket. A jacket. <laughs> that's time. We're at time. Sam, 2016 election. Wow, that's amazing. And wow. Um, it was important. Okay, I mean, <laughs> it was important. A vote yep. needed to happen for sure, for sure. You've never been awake more than 12 hours in your life. No, this is I'm how kidding. you get this fit. But this honestly, is sleep is sleep is the it's the key to everything that we do. I say it to every one of our private members. So, <laughs> okay, Sam, I have a four-month-old daughter, so I am not with you right now on that sleep moment. There are so many parents in Pride Fit who I talk about sleep all the time, and they just glare at me. You know, they're like, and I'm like, I get it. I just had a puppy, <laughs> and that that was horrible for me. A human, way worse. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, who will hold me while I get all this wonderful sleep? Yeah, exactly. Um, Megan, did we hear anything else that you want to fact check? Any answers that you go, no, this isn't true. Your long hair looked great. Um, No, I feel like all of this was factual. But I will say, wasn't your long hair after college? It was. I remembered after. But yeah. So I don't know what my... Fact So I think it must be like... 
pants that didn't taper. That must be my answer. <laughs> oh, you need tapered pants. That's really a bad fashion dress. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. To have such like problems. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's just do a little bit of a story look back. I know we're talking about some of the ways in which you maybe would have wanted to be in a different place for the program. What about if you could go back and maybe add in a class to the school? What would you want to add in if you go, I could just, this, the school would be a little bit better if it had this kind of class for, for everyone. I always joke that the class that they should add is a class on how to run on stage. Because, because it's what, very fake running? I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's so Tom ridiculous looking. One of the, <laughs> things for Lightning Thief was you had to run. Like that was uh-huh. like part of the audition because they wanted to see if you looked stupid. So um, <laughs> anyway, class that I actually think that they should require you to take. I took my senior year, I kind of shifted my major. I still graduated in music theater, but I also got a certificate in arts management. Uh-huh. And those classes were interesting to take just to get a broader perspective of what arts management is. I think all actors should know what a fine margin there is Uh, with arts money management. You know, I think mm -hmm. that it's really easy as actors to be like the producers, they're stealing all the money. And you're like, yeah, yeah, like Hamilton's making a lot of money. Right. But like the rest Uh of the shows, the margins are razor thin and everyone's kind of doing it because they love it, not because they're trying to take advantage of you. So I think that would be really helpful. But (laughs) ultimately I just wish that schools required you to think about like, Rather than moving to New York and finding a survival job, what is a job that you would enjoy doing? And how can you prep for that when you're in college? It just doesn't, it, it, it baffles me that people think that they're going to walk into an audition room and do their best work when they're doing a job, a survival job that they hate, uh-huh. right? I just don't get it. And that schools aren't setting you up for that. It, Yeah. It's wild. I love it. Well, and we'll get a lot of that into the second part of this. So we talk about your wonderful survival job. Um, right. more, maybe your thrival job or however <laughs> you call it. Um, what about, let's just wrap with, if you now could go back now as in your mid-20s, maybe a little more ready to to be open to the kind of acting work that you would love to um, pursue, what do you think you would do differently in school? How would you approach um, your school experience differently? I think that the biggest thing that I would do is that I just would have waited I think Mm -hmm. the biggest thing when you're 18 to 22 is just that we do work to get it done rather than to learn. And there's like a big shift when you're like 24 to 26 where you're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to waste my time. I don't care about the four-year degree. I like, I am ready to do the real learning. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that is what, I mean, it makes me want to go back to school all the time right now. If, if, school wasn't so dang expensive, I absolutely would be getting my master's in like three things right now, you know, but because I want to learn, but it was expected of me really early and I wasn't ready for that. It's such a, it's it's so true. And I think it's not talked about enough of the switch that you have to make at some point in your life. Ethan Slater talked a little bit about it on his R-Pod. He said, you know, learning to learn basically was what he was, he was, he learned throughout college. Yeah. But like, in high school, we're forced to be there. I mean, we have legally have to go and like yeah. sit in the classes and nobody's like, not nobody, but few people are like, I'm so excited to learn AP bio or whatever. Yeah. You know, at least I wasn't. Um, but then you do have to find that flip in your life of like, learning is such a gift. It's like, we're one of the only species that like teach each other things and can learn things from each other. And like, yeah. it is like, you're literally being given a gift of knowledge that we don't always see that way. Sometimes we see it as a young person as an obligation. 
Yeah, totally. And I think that it's worth it to say, like, I don't think that this means that we shouldn't go to college at 18. I just think that sometimes it may not be right for you to study music theater at 18 because you are absolutely ready to learn about the world. I thoroughly believe that, you know, and if you're really into acting for the right reasons, you're interested in the bigger picture in why humans do what they do and and that kind of process. So like you can learn about that stuff. That's awesome. Right. Uh, And then maybe down the line, you go to school to like fine tune those skills. No, it's a really good point. We talk about it a lot when we talk about the difference between, you know, those BFA conservatories or, or going to, to potentially BAs. The idea of, it's like going to med school, right? The idea of going to med school right out of high school is it's a very specialized degree. You know exactly what you're doing and exactly what you're studying. Yep. That is not everybody. Not every 19-year-old knows I know exactly what I want to do, you know, um, for sure. Let's take a little break, pay some ads, and then pay some ads, pay some bills with some yeah. ads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we'll get back to it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, we're back. Uh, so you have graduated. You're trying to kind of navigate this life. Uh, it, did you go directly to New York City? How are you figuring out the business? Because we did read some wonderful theater shows that you, you did there. So how, how, did, how do you get from uh, graduating, not feeling like you're in the best place, to now be you know, launching this career? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a wild ride because my senior year is when I decided to make the shift. Uh, Vicky was so unbelievably helpful uh, in kind of mentoring me with directing and producing, setting me up with some really amazing people. Uh, And she set me up with my mentor, who is the resident director of Phantom. Mm -hmm. So he's also the executive producer of Karen McIntosh North America. So I decided to graduate a semester early, graduate in December, because Miss Saigon was happening in January. And so I moved right to New York, January 3rd, started work January 4th for Miss Saigon. It was uh, a wild time. Sleeping uh, on couches, I assume? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was actually living with um, my soon-to-be colleague, Chris McCarroll, at the time, um, <laughs> renting out one of his rooms in his house. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a great time. And then I had kind of a full year of doing production assistant, assistant directing, that kind of work. That's when I did Lion King. That's when I assistant directed Ragtime at a Gunquit. Mm-hmm. Someone had to swing out of the show for a funeral, and I swung into the show. And that's when I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. The bug is not gone. <laughs> now it's time. <laughs> it's time to go back to this. You know, I needed a break, and I needed to learn some stuff, and I needed to see mm-hmm. the other side. And uh and that's when I started reaching out to people, uh, agents who came to Baldwin Wallace for master classes. So at Baldwin Wallace, we do like a master class, a couple of master classes a month. And if you are smart, you will send them an email saying like, thank you so much. I'd love to stay in contact. And that's what I did because uh, trying to get an agent in New York, it's 
tough. It's not easy mm-hmm. at all, but I reached out to the people who I really liked and some of them gave me a shot and that's how I found my agents. So cool. And so then now you're back at the grind. This is now not long after college. Can't be given the, the years yeah. it's been. You're back yeah. at the grind. You're doing the auditions, et cetera. How does a uh, lightning thing ha- thief happen? Yeah. So kind of like I was saying before, I'm a, a huge proponent of walking into an audition room and saying, hey, I would love this job. I don't need this job because I have another job that I'm doing that I also really love. So, you know, I can... And just to be clear, when Sam's saying saying, you don't mean literally saying this. You mean thinking no, to yourself. say it to this. them. They want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mean like, hey, I don't really want your job. They'll be like, okay, next. <laughs> you know what? I think there's some reverse psychology there. Some people might be really into it. I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I also like to joke that some casting directors and directors love to cast people who really don't want the job. So. Yeah, no, that is true. You, get, uh, you always do your best auditions when you're like, oh, all right, I guess I'll just walk in here and do this. Exactly. Thing. No pressure. Right. Yeah, but I don't think uh, you're literally supposed to tell people I don't want this job. Let's just be no. Clear. I will say I've never really done. That. I've never actually done that. <laughs> but 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 psychically, psychically walking into the room and saying I don't need this. I got something else. I love my my other job. Yeah, great. Yeah, and when I first moved to the city, I had a really great group of workout buddies who encouraged me to become a CrossFit coach, do personal training, um, and I absolutely loved that. And it was mm-hmm. very much workout buddies who worked kind of taught me how to work out for the right reasons. Uh, There was no kind of, uh, I'm working out to look a certain way. It was all about seeing what our bodies could do and feeling good uh, and being in a really supportive and uplifting community. And so I started my personal training business and that was great. I, it was like a great, great, lots of learning time of my life. Mm -hmm. And that is when I booked lightning thief. I, (laughs) I very much thought to myself, like, do I want to take this? My personal training business is going really well. Do I want to go on tour right now? It involves leaving New York City, right? So you're going to probably yeah. lose a lot of this business. Yeah. Yes. And I am so unbelievably happy that I did do it. Uh, it was a phenomenal experience touring with Lightning Thief and then randomly getting the call that we were going to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I came back, I just started it right back up because I was like, I can do both. And I'm happier when I'm doing both. So, uh, yeah, that is so what cool. took us to 2020 when the pandemic and happened. I, I will say I did see your opening night because Elizabeth and I are both friends with Rob Rokiki, a, oh a, an MTCA zone. Um, and you were fantastic in the show. Uh, you just have to trust me, listeners, if you didn't see it. Sam was great. Um, <laughs> Thank <anyway>. you. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about this fitness business. So uh, at this time, is, was it already Pride Fit when you're when it's personal coaching, or is this now this is now a transition into? So tell me. So now you're your personal training, yep. and now you're going to turn it into a more uh, holistic business. Yeah. So it was Lightning Health to start, kind of a play on my last name, and trying to ride that Lightning Thief momentum. I got and, it. Lightning Health. Hey, Lightning Health was light. before Lightning Thief. I will say. Sure. Uh, so who's the real lightning thief? Right, exactly. I'm the lightning thief. Mm-hmm. Um, when the pandemic hit, my partner and I moved to Wisconsin, where I'm from, and I was doing all the programming for both of us. And I was like, you know, I'm enjoying doing Zoom personal training sessions, but we can make this a little bit different. We can like change the, the business model a little bit. So uh, we made it an online fitness program. And the way that it works is that everyone in the program is doing the same workout each day. It's kind of a workout of the day. 
and we can commiserate about the workout together. There are videos to show you exactly how to do each of the movements. Um, and that was the kind of initiation of Lightning Health. Very quickly, Lightning Health became a primarily queer community. And I said to myself, well, I don't know why I'm avoiding this, right? So I swung the pendulum all the way over. We rebranded to Pride Fit. Um, and Pride Fit is basically an online fitness program for people who don't feel comfortable going to the gym. Hmm. And then fast forward six months later, we're at about 400 members and the pendulum has started to swing back a little bit. And now we are an inclusive community of people looking to find sustainable health um, just because it's not only queer people anymore. It's pe- it's all people who have had a bit of a hard time going to the gym, just feeling uncomfortable and vulnerable uh, and who are looking to not lose 20 pounds, not look a certain way, but rather feel and move better. Let's talk a little bit about like, how has that influence now? And I know now literally in the pandemic, everyone's performing careers a little bit um, up in the air, but how has it um, influenced the way you see yourself as an actor now, now being this kind of small business owner or what do you want to call it? And then also acting, how has that kind of this work uh, affected each other for you? Do you see them as, as parallel paths or is it kind of like one path of this is what I'm doing and this is who I am in the world? I think it's a really good question. Very similar to what we were saying earlier. I think that, there is no specific path that I'm following right now. I'm kind of making it up as I go. And I'm really, that's actually really exciting to me. I love that no one is kind of dictating this for me and saying, you have to do this a certain way. Uh, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I know that the two inform each other really well. And I love that. I love that, you know, with my fitness business, I'm on camera all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I'm, it may not be like scripted works right now, but I'm practicing and practicing. You know, that's a that's absolutely a part of it, just being comfortable. Uh, and I was so not interested in kind of just waiting around for the pandemic to throw jobs out again. You know, I I, I didn't I still don't know what's going to happen with the jobs that are coming right now. So um, I really don't know what the path is, right? But I'm just kind of thinking about like take opportunities that are open to you, keep on working hard, um, and yeah, be open. Do do you ever feel like they are in conflict with each other? I mean, I'm not saying necessarily even career-wise. I actually kind of mean, like at Carnegie Mellon, there was always this like fear. Everyone wanted to get jacked. It was like, you gotta have have that showcase body, of course. But there was also this fear of like, too much physical fitness or too much, you know, especially certain kind of, whether it's weightlifting or too much, uh, is gonna actually somehow reduce your flexibility or, or reduce your ability as an actor what you said of like, how do I stay open in the world? Like, yeah. do you ever fear of like too much, like, God, I, I'm crossfitting all the time means I'm like, not also then like sensitively in these, the, my artist mode or whatever. Did those two things feel in conflict to you at all? I had a voice teacher in the city who was ungodly expensive, just <laughs> insane. Just um, say the name. If you're going to say no, the name, just say no, the no, name. no. Um, <laughs> And they said that I wasn't allowed to do CrossFit anymore. I wasn't allowed to lift weights anymore. I could only go to Bikram yoga. Uh And I said, I don't remember if I actually said this to him or if I just was, have voiced it other ways. Uh, But I said, your job is to help me do both. 
you know, like that is why I'm paying you so much money. It's not to tell me not because also one doesn't exist without the other, you know, like we have to take care of our bodies and that's going to look different from everyone. Uh, and I'm so glad that this whole Broadway body shit is getting away. Right. Uh, but we all have to move our bodies and take care of ourselves. And so if you are telling people that like they shouldn't go to the gym anymore or anything like that, because that's going to ruin their voice or ruin their Alexander technique or whatever, I'm, they have to work together. They have to work together. So um, it's always been actually a positive for me because more than anything, movement affects my mental health positively mm-hmm. and I feel like the biggest hindrance in all of acting is just mental health. So, well, it's it's so true. And I, I, on the flip side, I'd love to just talk about like I think a lot of our students actually are pretty well motivated by like body neutrality or or the idea of they they do want to um, pursue fitness goals and they want to be healthy, but not necessarily worried about fitting into any kind of societal ideal. Yes. What advice would you give to, because but the whole world hasn't made that transition necessarily, and nor have every young person, but, but what advice would you give to a young performer who is now trying to deal with, whether it's a professor, whether it's a voice teacher, whether it's a casting director, an agent who is saying, oh, honey, if you just lost 10 pounds, you'd be great. Or, you know, let's get you ready for that showcase. We just need to tighten this up or whatever they would say. How, how would, if, if you're saying, but I, I don't want that for myself, but I do want to be successful in the business. How would you advise they navigate that? I think it's complicated and it's easier said than done, but I suggest to everyone that you have to find movement that you enjoy. Otherwise you're not going to do it. Right. So part of sustainable health is figuring out how we set up our environment to be able to not eat perfectly long-term, but eat well, long-term, how to move our body well, long-term, not move perfectly either. Like we're not trying to find the exercise that's burning the most calories or anything like that. Right. We're finding what you enjoy. So that's step one. And then step two is kind of similar to in college, how people with really unique voices kind of can get that strung out of them a little bit and saying like, well, that's not really commercially viable. So you shouldn't Mm -hmm. do that anymore. You should try and sing more like this. Right. And then you find that the people who were willing to tough that out and really pave their own path were the people who were most successful. I mean, you look like, Bernadette Peters fine is like is like a fine example of that. You know, the people with the unique voices are the ones who are really going to make the biggest splash. Um, and I hope that people can see that with body size as well. You know, it's just so not about that. Um, and if people are not giving you a job because of your size, it feels horrible. But you have to wait for the right people who are going to love you and accept you for who you are. And yeah, that that would be my biggest suggestion. So true. What about, so let's imagine I am now a young artist maybe who's never been interested in physical fitness, but wants to uh, embrace my, my wellness a bit. Um, you know, maybe I've, I've been having a cheat pandemic and I've just been, oh boy, it's been, it's been terrible, right? Yeah. What, how do I, how, how do I get started? Like, how, you know, other than maybe just listen to Pride Fit. Um, but, but what, what kind of, what's, what are ways that I can start getting the ball rolling um, and actually, you know, achieving some fitness goals? Slowly. That's the main key, right? We love as a culture to kind of binge everything. We love to go all in uh, the whole 30, like really do every, like cut out everything for 30 days and then fall off. Right. And it's the same thing with fitness. We love to kind of like work out seven days a week and then 
completely drop off. So my biggest suggestion is to gradually ease your way into it uh, with movement that you actually enjoy. That could be walking, that could be jogging, that could be rollerblading or biking or doing free YouTube videos. Uh, but making sure that you are remembering that some is enough. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we think that we need that full hour workout for it to mm-hmm. do anything for us. And I promise you if that if you can switch your identity to someone who moves your body every day, even if that's only five minutes, you're going to have so much more success than if you only work out when you have enough time to get a full 60 minute workout in. And then what about someone who maybe is a little farther along? Maybe I've done a bunch of different, I've done a P90X and then I did a blah, blah, blah. And then I've done a next thing, right? But they feel like maybe they're a little more plateaued. What would you sort of give their advice to that more, you know, advanced fitness person to take it to the next level? Yeah, I think there are a couple of different options. If you're in a city, I am such a big fan of group classes. I think they're really motivating. I think that having some kind of instruction is really important. Um, This is one of the questions that I have been trying to answer with my podcast, actually, because Mm -hmm. uh, Pride Fit is all about making health and fitness as accessible as possible. And it's very video based. So At home, if you're doing a pride fit workout and you're watching a video of me doing it with you, that's normal, right? But if you were to go to a gym, that's like shining a beacon on you that you have no idea what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So when people started going back to a gym, I was trying to come up with a solution that would allow people to feel comfortable at the gym without them having to set up their phone, which Mm -hmm. is why I made pod workouts. Pod workouts is a 45 to 60 minute personal training session where I'm just guiding you step by step in your ear uh, through a personal training session so that you know exactly what you're doing and no one has to know that you're getting that instruction. Um, And that is truly just to make it as accessible as possible. So if you feel like you're plateauing because you don't have the instruction, something like pod workouts or a YouTube video from from different trainers, that's going to be really really helpful for you. It's so cool. And we recommend one ear is listening to pod workouts. One is listening to Mapping College Edition. Exactly. That's really the advanced work. You're working mm-hmm. on both of uh, your side. Exactly. Um, what about, so what about that podcast work? So how long have you been doing it? Uh, yeah, we have 16 workouts out, 16 episodes. And Sam, you just got another instructor for your pod workouts too. We do have a new instructor for pod workouts. Her name is Jessie. And she's a Barry's instructor in Boston. And mm-hmm. I really focusing on the accessibility of workouts. She's going to be doing some episodes in Spanish. Um, she has a very different vibe than I do of where I'm a little bit more laid back. She's much more like up-tempo. Uh, I'm really excited because I think that it just widens the net of who would feel comfortable using these workouts. So she's done her first one. That was just released last week. It, has been so great. Mm, so cool. So you don't believe for musical theater that you need a golden age and a contemporary, but you do believe in an up-tempo and a ballad for your fitness instructors. That's what you're telling me. It can be an up-tempo and a ballad. I just don't think it needs to be golden age. <laughs> I'd love to just wrap with, especially because you have this wonderful social media presence, which I discovered in researching this pod. Um, I, I would just love interested in like, how does the performance that is social media, because of course it is you know, a, a performance, how do you feel like that affects your potential other artistic pursuits or just, or, or I guess your human self too. I, do you feel like you're, you're like, yeah. How, how is that experience of putting on a show for 
you know, whatever, hundred thousands of people um, affect you as a human being and then potentially you as an artist um, actor? Oh my gosh. I think that still figuring that out every day, but it's unbelievably important for us to figure out how social media fits into our lives. I had to learn really early on that I had to look at it as a business, not personally. Uh, mm. I don't scroll through social media. I don't let it eat my time. It makes it really complicated because how are you supposed to do fun things on TikTok if you never are on TikTok, if you don't know what people are doing, right? Uh, but I think social media can be a really phenomenal way of spreading information. And, you know, so many people who are plateauing, going back to your last question, will save my workouts for them to do at the gym, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it can be such an amazing tool for us to use, but we have to be smart about it. We have to make sure that we're setting ourselves up for success so that we're not comparing ourselves to others, letting it consume our lives. Uh, as much as it in inspires us sometimes, it definitely can make us slam on the brakes as well. So mm -hmm. we just need to be smart about it for sure. What about for yourself? Like, do you ever fear the success in one path potentially? Not that necessarily you have to stay rigidly to the idea of I'm only an actor, but, but do you ever feel like the success of this business is actually going to be pulling away from acting pursuits? I guess that's something I, I would always fear. And I remember being told like, Hey, don't fall too much in love with your side job or, or that's what you'll do. Right. Cause acting yeah. is so hard. Do you ever feel that like, Oh my gosh, all this success in this area is actually making it harder to then go to that audition or do that other thing. I think people love to make you choose. I think that because the path worked a certain way for them. They feel like the path has to work that way for you. My mentor for Miss Saigon was very much of the mindset that I couldn't do directing and producing stuff and be an actor. It was very much what mm -hmm. split our relationship very clearly um, because that's not how he did it. Mm -hmm. And I think that if, there, if your representation is saying to you, no, we're not interested in you having these other pursuits. And if they can't see that your other pursuits are going to positively influence their pursuits, you have to get other representation. Because absolutely, if you are working your ass off on social media, if you're working your ass off in another business, that translates to working your ass off in theater as well. Totally agree. Um, okay, are you ready for our second game? Yes. This is our individualized, made-up game. Um, sometimes we do, like, really silly games that are odd and creative. Sometimes they're simple. This one is pretty simple, but it's not necessarily going to be easy. This okay. is a trivia-based game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be quizzing you about famous artists slash fitness slash wellness personalities. <laughs> I'm going to describe a person, and you're going to have to tell me who I'm describing. It'll start pretty easy, and then it'll get harder. Do you understand the game and are I you ready do. to play? Good luck. This fitness legend was once a professional bodybuilder, a former Mr. Universe before becoming a movie oh, and eventually <laughs> governor of California. You can't get, okay, it was too easy. That was too easy. Number one, <laughs> ding, 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 one point. This former college football player and multi-sport athlete spent eight years as a professional wrestler before becoming one of the biggest movie stars out there. Ah, John Cena. Mm, that's also a great guess, though. I don't know if it's eight years, but The Rock. We're going for The Rock. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, we're doing great. One for two. Yeah, The Rock is a bigger movie star. Yep. Sorry to John Cena if he's listening. <laughs> yeah, poor John. John Cena's like a fan of the pod, so fine, please. Yeah, but The Rock has been in Moana, so. <laughs> Come on. This actress and health spokesperson appeared in Three's Company, as well as the generationally unfair reference for you, Step by Step, one of my favorites. She also became a spokeswoman for the Thigh Master and an old school fitness influencer. Oh, Sam, you look so young. The only one who- You look so young as you look at me. Is it Jane Fonda? No, it is not Jane Fonda. That's a great guess. It is Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers mm, is who we're looking for. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that one. Step mm-hmm. by step, day by day. Anyway, this actor turned personal trainer, started out doing improv and commercials, and later created the P90X series, which um, Megan laughed at me for bringing up, though. P90X That's is still relevant. Such an old reference. How dare you? I used to do P90X. It's fine. Do we know the answer? Um, I always get these two guys mixed up. It's not Shanti, right? Shanti is also P90X, but later. He's, she's the, or the other beach body. Shanti okay. is yeah, insane. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I love Shanti. I'm trying to remember this guy's name. Crunchy Frog. Everyone loves Crunchy Frog. Crunchy Frog, uh, for sure. Don't get jacked up about the numbers. What's don't his get name? jacked up about the know. numbers. Tony Horton is his name. Tony mm-hmm. Horton. I didn't remember it myself. I had to look it up. I was like, who is that? What's his name? Yeah, okay. This actress appeared in the movies Almost Famous and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. She also co-founded the fitness brand Fabletics and is currently working on a movie called How to Lose 10 Pounds in 10 Days. Huh. Um, it has to be... Is it Kate Upton? Ooh, so close! Do we give half credit? Can we give Kat half credit for Kate? It's Kate Hudson. Kate, Kate Hudson, Hudson. Kate Hudson is the right yeah, yeah, name yeah. for that. Also, That's I had no idea that she was the co-founder of Fabletics. Wild. Wild. It's wild times. Yeah. That's what I was asking Elizabeth about people, and she was like, you should do Kate Hudson for Fabletics. Like, oh, great, great. Okay. <laughs> this actress slash activist and fashion model is a Tony nominee and seven-time Academy Award nominee and two-time winner. She's appeared in films like On Golden Pond and Fun with Dick and Jane. Again, these are much too old for you. She also started her own eponymous workout video series, which became the highest selling VHS of all time. Is this Jane Fonda? That's Jane Fonda. There okay, she is. Good. I almost want to clue you, but I was, I'm not going to help. No, that's one. I, Jane Fonda. You know, I would have been so upset if you wouldn't have sent Jane Fonda because, you know, when people ask me like, whose career do you want? I was like, yeah, Jane Fonda, 100%. I have her book right there. Like, she is my inspiration. You can guess her for all the rest of the answers. Okay, great. Um, Okay, we're going to turn to Broadway. So those were sort of the movie star, very famous people. Good, I should be Um, better at this. We'll see, we'll see. Okay, this former Broadway dancer and Rockette most recently appeared on Dancing with the Stars and as a co-host of the daytime talk show, The Talk. She launched a digital fitness brand in 2020, like you, and tragically and notably lost her husband in the COVID pandemic. Yes. Amanda Klutz. Amanda Klutz is correct. This absolutely jacked actor was a former rugby and cricket player. He's perhaps best known as Wolverine, though tried his hand as Jean Valjean. Okay, I was going to say, and is currently on Broadway. He's also the fittest 54-year-old person I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Hugh Jackman is who I thought I needed to look like in college. (laughs) It's it's who we all want to look like, isn't it? But also, it it feels like it, it becomes healthier as you're like, what I want is to sustain feeling good that late in life. Like, it's oh amazing God, how, yeah. you know, fit he is at his age. Yes. Age is just a number, says Tony Horton. Just, you know, there we go. And probably Shanti. Um, you've won the game. You did fantastically, Sam. This was not easy. I realized that some, I was doing some of these things generationally. I was like, these are hard. <laughs> some <laughs> yeah. of these are. I'm like, who are um, these? Like, I, I can't even think of any, like, contemporary fitness people. 
I'm like, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I was trying to look it up. I mean, it's, it's really Instagram is everything now. Like, the, yeah. I kept coming up with Instagram models. I'm like, I've never heard of these people, so I can't. Jillian Michaels. Kayla, I sent Uh huh. Sure. I need the Peloton instructors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I don't have a Peloton yet, guys. Yeah, Maybe after exactly. today. <laughs> um, okay, let's just wrap up with a couple. I just, we're talking a little bit about generations, kind of jokingly, um, but especially, you know, as a young person or younger person coming on the pod, I just love to talk a little bit about just the business as a whole. And kind of what you feel like, if I'm going to say your generation, and maybe even if the sense that you have of the generation younger, which is going to be a lot of our listeners, what do you feel like they know about the world and they know about the business that maybe older generations, let's say people older than me, because I'm in the middle, of course, um, don't? Like, what? where is the place where you go, actually, I think my generation really understands this and it wouldn't mind if some older people could kind of recruit it? I feel like the conversation keeps on coming up about Gen Z being so much better at accepting change. I think that, you know, millennials and uh, older generations kind of having a really hard time with that, of kind of writing off TikTok and anything like that, rather than seeing it as an opportunity. And I think that younger generations, I mean, it makes sense. I think that you are open-minded when you're young, but especially right now with having digital in their life their entire lives they're yeah. really good at that and i think that we need to take a, a leaf out of their book oh that's so you feel like because their life has kind of always been fluid like it's changed so rapidly their entire life that change is the normal for them 100 percent. yep that's and we need to great. not be so rigid um i know you've given a lot of advice today but if i were to give you to wrap up with like one piece of advice to a young artist maybe it is someone who's 17 and just thinking about college maybe it's somebody who's 22 and just graduated and trying to figure out the world but um what would be your advice to a a younger version of you or to a young person out there who asks what do i do yeah it's a really complicated question i feel like i could say like 15 things uh i think yeah okay (laughs) hello time uh i think i would say that you truly can create your own path the fastest path should be the path not taken almost every single time. Hmm. So uh, I think, you know, do what you need. And maybe that is going to school for music theater right away. Maybe it's not. Maybe that's having another job that you really enjoy so that you uh, don't have all this pressure on auditioning. Or maybe it's really focusing on auditioning and making that uh, your priority and, and keeping that mindset. Uh, but Glennon Doyle says something really interesting. Uh, like I've stopped taking the advice from people who haven't walked this road, something like that. Uh, I've kind of just saying like, there is going to be everyone there who's going to give you all the advice of how to be successful the quickest. And you just gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. So, so true. Um, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Um, anything that you feel like you didn't get to plug that you want to plug? I know we talked a little bit about pride fit. We talked a little bit about your pod, but anything that you'd want, um, listeners to check out, especially no pod workouts, um, is completely free. So definitely check it out. It's on Apple podcasts and Spotify. It's all about making the gym more accessible PrideFit is, uh, there's a home and a gym program. So it's $35 a month and there's, the workouts are great. 
but the best part about pride fit is really the community uh, of people lifting each other up and holding each other accountable because there are tons of fitness programs out there there are lots of really competent trainers but you're just not going to stick to it unless you're surrounded by people who who you really enjoy and yeah so I love that. And we talked a little bit about the danger of social media, but if someone is going to take that danger appropriately, where would they check in with you on the social medias? Yeah. So on Instagram and TikTok, I'm at lightning, my last name, L-E-I-C-H-T-N-I-N-G. And then on YouTube, it's uh, at Sam Light. And you can see all my workouts there. So if you want to check them out. Awesome. And we'll put all that in the show notes in case you didn't catch how to spell the name. It's not easy. You'd have to do some some real listening to, to do it. We'll, put, we'll do all the spelling for you. Uh-huh. Um, Sam, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure chatting with you today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Wow. I hope you enjoyed listening to Sam as much as I did enjoy talking to him. Um, I found him to be so warm and open while being smart and funny too. A really uh, cool energy on the pod. Um, I do just want to note um, that while I loved Sam's perspective on his college uh, experience, since it was authentic to him, but just like some of our other guests who maybe had less than ideal collegiate experiences, I just wouldn't want you to draw a negative conclusion about any specific college from that. Um, like Megan Pacheno talked about hers in terms of the cost benefit, right? Same here in terms of whether um, Sam was maybe ready to learn or ready to learn in this environment or not. Um, I just wouldn't want you to draw the conclusion that this was either about Manhattan School of Music or Baldwin Wallace in in these cases. It really is just one person's experience. And there's just a lot of luck in the draw in listening to one subjective experience about anything, um, certainly any school. If you pick randomly, you're going to find negative and positive experiences from any program, which if we're going to get technical, I'm not going to say those are all going to be in equal proportion. I'm just really saying that a sample size of one or two people is too small to draw conclusions. So it's not that you couldn't, with enough sampling, actually draw a little bit of conclusion about a school. I just wouldn't want you to do that off of just one or two people. Okay, with my statistics rant over, I do just want to do a little bit of a deeper dive into something Sam said briefly in regards to physical fitness, which I think you can really expand into your entire artistic career and maybe even your life. He recommended this idea of moving slowly and especially emphasized that it didn't have to be all or nothing. And I think this is such good advice. And I just want to co-sponsor it and say it's something I personally struggle with a lot, especially those of us who are raised to be really good academic students or maybe tend toward perfectionism or maybe they have a little competitive side, um, might have that urge to either be the best or why bother? I'm either a dancer or who even cares, right? You may have even heard the phrase, Anything worth doing is worth taking the time to do well or some offshoot of that. And I remember a few years ago for the first time, I heard a different phrase that really resonated with me, which is anything worth doing is worth doing badly. You have to think about that for a second, right? Because it sounds like that can't be true. It sounds like that's wrong, right? Why would I want to do something badly? But if something is really important, if it's something that you re- is really worth doing, it is better generally to do a bad job at it than no job at it. Right? For example, a bad night's sleep is better than no sleep at all. Right? If those are the two options, if it's either to do something badly or to not do it at all, something right, is better than nothing. A, a quick 20-minute workout where you're just getting your body moving, but it's not necessarily that P90X thing that you plan to do, which is 90 minutes in your day, which is what stopped me from doing P90X. Megan's laughing at me because I know P90X is old, but it's not that old. Come on. Um, it's better than, than skipping it, right? In the artistic world, the idea of like, can you prepare those sides to near memorization? Can you find that place where you got to look down a couple times because you couldn't quite memorize it the way you wanted, but you got it pretty good? That's a whole lot better than doing a totally cold read. Of course, 
in all of these examples, we all acknowledge it's better to do well than badly, right? You can hear Josh Segarra's voice shouting at me that nobody will be more prepared than him, right? That would be the ideal is to be the most prepared and to do everything perfectly. But let's just recognize that's not always possible for everyone. And in those cases, whether it's about our physical fitness, whether it's about our nutrition, whether it's about our artistic career, a little bit of something is better than a whole lot of nothing. So if you can't in your life, like today, I couldn't take a full lunch break. I had a crazy day back to back to back. But can you take five minutes to breathe and not be on your phone and be divorced from technology? Would it be better to take an hour and meditate? Yes. But if you can't, can you give yourself those five minutes? If you don't have time to write your partner a lovely thank you note for the amazing thing that she does for you, can you maybe take the time and text them and just say that you love them, right? Um, if you don't have the ability to write every agent in New York City with your headshot and all the plans that you had to make of all the things you were going to do in the New Year's, as we talk about some New Year's resolutions coming, why not start with five? Can you just send five out? Can you send three out? Not only is that little bit of something better than nothing, but I think as Sam was saying with um, physical fitness, you can often build that momentum toward finding the space and energy in your life to do the task even better if you start somewhere. It's a little bit like our Arthur Ashe quote that we like, which is start where you start where you are, do what you can, use what you have. It's one of my favorite quotes. Um, but that idea of doing something is always a little bit better than nothing. Well, you have all done a whole lot by making it all the way to the end of this episode. And if you enjoyed it, I'd love to, you know, just give us half of a comment. If you can't give a full comment, just give us half a comment. If you can't do a full follow, give us half a follow. No, that's a joke. Um, I do suggest five stars if you enjoy listening to two podcasts at once and an ironic five stars if you're the weirdo who likes to watch one video and have a different audio playing. That's fine too. You can also reach out to us with questions for the pod at mailbag at mappingthecollegeedition.com or reach out to Megan and me directly at charmer7, that's on Twitter and Instagram for me, at meganmarie2014 on Instagram for Megan. If you're interested in working with MTCA for help with your individual prep for your college audition journey, please check us out at mtcollegeauditions.com. You can also follow us at Musical Theater College Auditions, that's theater with an ER, at TweetMTCA on Twitter, and TikTok, YouTube, we got it all. You're going to be everywhere by the time you're listening to this. Maybe you won't have TikTok by the time you listen to this, but very close. If not, if I keep saying it, it'll be true someday. Uh, to my young artists out there mapping their holiday journeys. We love you. Please enjoy some rest this break. We'll be back next week with a special year in review show and resume our regular programming in the new year. By then, I expect all of you to have some non-aesthetic New Year's fitness resolutions. I'll be right there with you. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.